Everybody has the right to free speech. I think what people don't understand is how that free, when they exercise that free speech, uh, that doesn't mean there aren't ramifications. Enchanted Sky Media. Media. This is Code 3, the Firefighters Podcast. Now, here's your host, Scott Orr. That's right, and I will not let Parkinson stop me. Thank you for joining me again. You know, as a firefighter, you're an example to the community. You may already realize that, and you may already benefit from it. Firefighters are usually seen as the good guys, but too many are throwing that goodwill away on social media by writing things they shouldn't be. And once you've done it, you can't undo it. My guest today is here to discuss whether we should just shut up. Mark Beshore retired last year as Fire Chief of Prince George's County, Maryland Fire and EMS. It's the largest combination department in North America. He'd been in the fire service since 1981, so he's been around since well before social media. And he joins us now. Thanks for being on Code 3 today, Chief Bashur. Thanks for having me, Scott. I appreciate the opportunity to talk about uh, keeping the public's trust in the forefront. So what we're going to talk about today has an acronym or a term. It's SMACS, S-M-A-C-S. What does that mean? It's a social media assisted suicide. Uh, and it was a, a phrase coined by others that, you know, kind of uh, describes what happens when people don't think before they post. They go, you know, they don't think before they post or they save or they send that message that uh, gets them in trouble. Now, it seems obvious enough, just don't post anything online that'll get you in trouble. Why do we still see it happening so routinely? Well, you know, I think uh, really the bottom line comes down to people aren't thinking beyond the moment. They're thinking instantaneously. Uh, They have uh, that little computer, the phone, you know, right at their hip, at their fingertip. And it gives them some amount of gratification to be able to respond right away or to be able to put their opinion out right away. Uh, And that, uh, you know, there's no amount of uh, schooling that you're going to get or that you can do that's going to tell you it's okay to do it at this moment, but not that moment. Uh, And at the end of the day, we end up seeing the results in the media. Uh, We end up seeing the results in our personnel offices and uh, in our public meetings where somebody throws a, you know, a, a uh, social media post at us, and it's something that we've got to deal with one way or the other. Do you have any examples of ones that you've heard about or seen that have caused real trouble? Oh, I, I mean, absolutely. There, there have been, uh, yeah, of course, we won't talk about specific uh, people. That's not uh, what I'm here to do. What, right. Wrong, that's right. Wrong, yeah, I'm here to talk about examples that uh, we've seen and and how they've had an impact. Um, Some have been about, uh, you know, the difference between, and again, whether it's paid or volunteer, union or non-union, it doesn't really matter. Uh, But in in the instances where there is some friction between uh, the management and the rank and file, 
I've seen several instances where rank and file have put out um, social media posts about the inadequacies of their fire departments and the inadequacies of their management and the inability to provide service. Uh, and while at, at certain levels of what they're saying may be factually accurate, uh, the fact of the matter is our mission as public safety professionals is to provide public safety, uh, to instill the public's trust in our ability to maintain that public safety and to get the job done. And when we have folks that want to essentially air our dirty laundry, if you will, I mean, that's a, a kind of a good way to say it, uh, ultimately airing that without a fix or without uh, getting you know, some way to make it better, just airing it out there is something that absolutely begins uh, to erode the public's trust in our ability to get things done. Uh, and ultimately, that puts management on the defensive. Uh, it puts every firefighter on the defensive because they're going to hear about it from somebody when they show up at a scene. Uh, and it's just one of those things that you mentioned, you know, when I came into fire service in 1981, we really didn't have any social media um, to, to deal with. That wasn't going to come along for another couple of years. So when we would have a problem, we'd have to write a letter. And, you know, writing that letter is something that uh, – gave us time to think about. And I can't tell you how many times I would write a letter or write an article and set it down and think about it for a while and then come back and change it. didn't want my instantaneous emotional thoughts uh, to necessarily be what came across. And that's what happens with the social media posts. It's their instantaneous, immediate thoughts with an unfiltered, um, you know, ability to press send. It's true. It's hard to send a letter in anger. You have to take it out of the typewriter, fold it up, put an envelope, yeah. get a stamp. By that time, you might be thinking, this wasn't such a good idea. I, I think, um, I, you know, I want to defend, first of all, their right to complain. Um, I think that everybody has the right to free speech. I think that what people don't understand is how that free, when they exercise that free speech, uh, that doesn't mean there aren't ramifications. There doesn't mean that there aren't, um, you know, a, a, a quid pro quo kind of situation. You say something, it affects people one way or the other. Right. You and, have the right to say it, but you also have the right to deal with the repercussions. Absolutely. And, and so does, therefore, management have the right to deal with the repercussions of, you know what, you have eroded the public's trust in our ability to get this job done. You're no longer providing our mission. You're no longer capable. Uh, you know, the, so I have seen people fired over social media. Um, I've seen community meetings turn angry and ugly over social media posts. And and 90% of them, I dare say 90% of those social media posts that have created some uproar were absolutely unnecessary. They might have been factually accurate, but they were absolutely unnecessary. And there's other ways to to use your free speech within your organization to improve things instead of sniping at uh, this side or that side. It's probably not realistic to ask people, especially millennials, to quit using social media cold turkey. So are there any suggestions on how they can self-guide their posts? Yeah, so you're absolutely right. It's it would be uh, nearly impossible for everybody to uh, cold turkey 
stop social media. I myself included. <laughs> I, um, you know, it, it is it is who we are today. You know, much like when we used to wear uh, three quarter boots and we used to ride a back step, that was who we were. But as time uh, went on, we evolved, and social media is another part of that evolution. So I think that uh, you know the the suggestion that I've given to people is to take that moment and think about what your mother would think. Think what your grandmother would think. And then think about if you had to sit in front of a judge and justify what you typed and what you did about it, would all of those people say, you know what, that's okay, that's the right thing to do? And if they would, then okay, have at it. But my bet is that if you're in an, in that instantaneous uh fit of anger or, uh, or just excitement and you're typing out something that uh, that just probably isn't right, that it probably just isn't right. And my guess is that your mother, or your grandmother, or that judge would all look at you cockeyed and, and think, you know what, uh, you probably ought to think about that. Um, I, ha- I teach um, younger officers coming up to, I call it a wall judge, um, you know, look Pick a specific uh, place on the wall, whether it's your office, whether it's uh, in your firehouse, whatever it is. Pick a specific place on the wall, and when something comes up that you know you're thinking to yourself, this might not be the right. Take a second, look up at that wall, judge, and just think about what I just said. What would your mother think? What would your grandmother think? What would that judge on the wall say? And if all of those things are hunky dory. And they think, uh, you know, what you're getting ready to do or say is the right thing to do. Uh, you know, who am I to tell you you don't have the free speech? But then again, understand who am I to deal with the repercussions of that free speech, whether those people liked it or not. Um, but take that extra second and just think about it. Think what that wall judge would would uh, say and, and think what mom or grandma would say. You know, worth considering is the fact that if, say, I don't have my chief as a friend on Facebook, I I might be tempted to post something and think, he's not on my Facebook, he's never going to see it. But I think those of us who've experienced enough of this know that he sure will see it somehow. Absolutely. He's either going to see it from someone else forwarding it to him, He's going to see it from a screen capture that somebody, uh, I can't tell you how many times I've taken a screen capture picture of somebody's post uh, and had to email that in one place or another. Uh, someone's going to print it out and stick it under his door. So even if you, you know, you post it and you think, oh, heck, I feel better because I posted it, and an hour later, I'll just delete it. Uh, that's too late. You know, once you hit post or share or whatever it is, you know, whatever uh, uh, platform you're on, it's out there. Once it's in that electronic world, you may as well consider it's there forever. <laughs> and anything that you uh, think about deleting it is a superficial uh, uh, too little too late. Once you've posted it, it's there. So if you want to be uh, remembered that way forever, <laughs> have at it. All right, Chief Mark Bashur, thanks for the advice and thanks for talking with us today. Okay, thank you. I appreciate it, and then uh, everybody stay safe. And there's more info on our website at code3podcast.com slash social. Check it out. Now it's time for your trivia question. 
Volunteers make up 70% of the firefighters in the U.S. Where and when was the first volunteer fire department in the nation started? I'll have that answer in a moment. If you've been thinking about making a monthly pledge to support Code 3, we have an even better reason for you to do it now. We've started a new subscriber-only benefit. It's called the Code 3 Bull Session. It's more material from some of our interviews. Interesting stuff that didn't make it into the regular show. But only patrons get to hear it. So head over to Code3Podcast.com slash support and make a pledge of $10 a month or more, and you'll get immediate access to the Bull Session. Don't miss it. Here's the trivia answer. The first volunteer fire company in the U.S. was formed in Philadelphia in 1736. And by the way, Benjamin Franklin served as America's first volunteer fire chief. All right, that's it. That's all for this edition of Code 3. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next time with more. I'm Scott Orr, and until then, I'll see you later. Code 3 is a production of Enchanted Sky Media. To get in contact with us, visit Code3Podcast.com. And if you haven't subscribed yet, you should. Don't miss an episode. Find us at the Apple iTunes Store, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts.